1: of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine. coming January
0: 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.
1: Hey, it's me, Anita Flores, host of I'm Listening. Guess what? I have a new podcast out that I want to share with all of you. Introducing Care Talkers, a new show hosted by me and my friend and co-host, Sandrina Tien. If you didn't know this about me already, I am a caretaker for my dad who was diagnosed with dementia. And the last few years have been a really big learning experience. Uh you know, taking care of him, and my friend Sandrine is a social worker who really wants to continue helping people outside of her work. So together we're exploring the messy, turbulent, and emotional world of caretaking with stories from comedians and healthcare workers about how they've managed to navigate health and financial obstacles. You're about to hear episode one, where we talk about growing up as only children and being caretakers for our parents. I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you like the podcast, please tell your friends and family, tell people that you know that are caretakers, tell everyone, and please leave a five-star review if you love this podcast. Subscribe to Care Talkers on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Welcome to Care Talkers. We're your hosts. I'm Anita Flores. And I'm Sandrine Tian. And this is the first episode of this podcast, which is very exciting. Um, and I think it's important before we even get into what is this podcast. Sandrine, how did we meet? We met at a party. <laughs> we did. It was lovely. Um, we were introduced by... Uh, Jessica Johnson. Shout out to Jessica Johnson. <laughs> Shout out to Jessica and Rasheem Johnson. Yes. That's right. To both of them. Uh, I think also important to mention we are in quarantine right now. Yes, we are. I don't know when this episode's coming out, but I think this is a good time capsule. It is July in in 2020. And yes, mm-hmm. we are inside of our apartments. So it's a nice memory to think about the fact that we met on a warm summer night on a rooftop at a party.
2: Anita, it might be our two-year anniversary, actually. Around the time, if you think about it. It could be. It's
1: hard for me to remember. I'm like, same. this is a summer, apparently. Could have been last summer. Could have been the summer before. But yeah, uh, we met and then essentially realized that we had a similar idea, the same idea for a podcast. Uh, Sandrine, what was your... Before we met, what was the podcast that you were thinking about doing?
2: I wanted to have a way to talk to people that are navigating the healthcare space, especially people that are either going through some sort of health crises or their loved ones, such as their caregivers, because it's just so overwhelming and so
1: confusing to navigate just healthcare in general. And I'm going to mention that personally, I feel like. Um, this might happen a lot and I don't mind. I feel like I always have lots of questions to ask you because <laughs> you are a social worker and I coming from my background which is like producing video, producing podcasts, like doing comedy shows, I don't spend a lot of time around social workers. So and 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 also the few social workers that I have known haven't been as I don't know if, I don't know I they, uh, you are a very positive person, which is one of the things that uh I thought was like it's so exciting to meet people that are positive. <laughs> I mean, this was pre-COVID that we met, but still, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, this person is like a ray of sunshine, uh, and so you know, for you, I feel like, do you feel like the podcast for you came from the fact that because of the work that you do?
2: Yes, it definitely did. I've been in the industry for about 16 years or so, and it's enlightened me to a lot of different things and just seeing, like, just that there's not a lot of discussion about all these things. And so it just really made me want to come up with some sort of way to talk to people. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do video. I was like, Oh, let me do YouTube. And then I was like, well, what about podcasts? (laughs) And, um, that's kind of how it all started. And I was like, you know, yeah, this might be kind of cool. And that's pretty much where I, I started. Yeah.
1: Cause I feel like you were already working on some other projects, like leading up to us meeting, um, But would you say this is kind of the first one where it's like a collaboration?
2: Oh, for sure! I've never done anything like this, and I think two
1: people are way better than one. (laughs) I agree when it's when it's the right people. Yes, Um, I myself, and I feel like I I want to talk about this just for people listening for the first time. Uh, I come from a background of yes, I do have a podcast. I'm not. This is this is not me plugging it, but it's an important context that before this, you know, I did a a podcast about Frasier because I'm a huge uh, TV person uh, and I love and grew up watching lots of sitcoms, including Frasier. And I hosted that by myself as well. And uh, for me, I uh, as much as I enjoyed doing that, like always the best part was having those conversations uh, with people. Yeah, what's what's uh, interesting about coming from doing a podcast just just me is that when I would interview each new person, it's kind of like mentally preparing for like, I I don't know what's going to happen or what what it's going to be like. But given that you and I have known each other for what now two years, that's like an exciting prospect to be able to like walk into these recordings and be like, oh, I know this person and (laughs) we're friends and and it's cool. so this is also my first time, uh, ho- like hosting co-hosting a podcast yeah. and I'm very excited about it. Um, yeah. And from my end, I come into this as a person who absolutely is not a social worker. <laughs> uh, I come from a background of film and t- TV production and now working professionally in podcasting. But for me, uh, you know, the the idea for doing a podcast helping people with health and financial obstacles comes from personal experience uh you know my uh my dad was was uh, diagnosed with dementia about 2 years ago and I'm an only child and my dad's divorced and so I'm his health and financial power of attorney so now there's just a lot of what feels like very adult things that I have had to learn uh, a lot of it on my own so in in the last two years, I've definitely had several conversations with other people who I felt like I was able to help, and I was like, "Wow, okay, some of the things that I've gone through could actually hopefully help other people." So for me, I feel like I'm walking into doing a podcast like this from a place of like, I I've been through some stuff, you know, and um, if there's a way to to learn about you know, the difficult things that people are dealing with. And now, especially during COVID, during a pandemic, um, I think it would be really wonderful to be able to learn things together. And then also hopefully other people will learn some things.
2: Absolutely. And even for me, so about five years ago, my mom had surgery. And it's interesting, as long as I've been in the fields, I never considered myself a caregiver, right? But then when you're put in a situation where your parent, and I'm also an only child as Anita is as well, when you're put in that position where you're in a hospital setting and you have to deal with the different uh, medical professionals and disciplines about your mother and being an advocate, it really opened my eyes to the like lack of... <clears throat> I don't want to say support, so to speak, but it just seems like there's a lot of unknown and things that maybe you wouldn't even have realized that maybe were available or not available. And it was something so simple that had that happened where my mom's insurance at the time, so she had had major back surgery and she needed rehab and it was always a discussion. She was going to go to rehab for, you know, a short time period. And then when it came down to her uh, doctor and and the physical therapist and all that, they said, oh, okay, she's ready to go home. And I was like, well, what do you mean she's ready to go home? She's She's supposed to go to rehab. Oh, well, that's not covered. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, what? They're like, oh, yeah, no, her insurance won't cover that. So I, of course, <laughs> was like, "No, no, no, that's that's not correct." I was like, "No," and I called my coworkers who are also social workers. Um, and I don't, I don't know that I mentioned this. I know, I think I mentioned that I'm healthcare. Um, I've been in the healthcare space, but I'm a medical social worker. That is what I do. So I'm thinking, of course, she has medical coverage. And mind you, my mom was a healthcare worker at the time. But it turns out after speaking with my coworkers and they actually helped me to do research because they're amazing, (laughs) we found out that her coverage did not cover rehab, that she had to go home. So I was like three days post-stop. What do you mean she has to leave? And I fought with them. Oh, my goodness, Anita, I fought with them. (laughs) And they were like, well, what do you do? (laughs) And then I, you know, I had to like tell them like, look, I kind of know the ins and outs of what is not available to my mom when she comes home. So I need to plan accordingly. This wasn't the plan. The plan was rehab. And then I was going to have, um, you know, someone come home after her discharge from rehab to help her recuperate. because She was going to be very limited. And now you're telling me this three days post her operation. I, I just couldn't. So anyway, at that point I realized,
1: Oh my gosh, I'm a caregiver too now. <laughs> Yeah, I think it doesn't happen immediately It or no, actually, <laughs> I think it does. Yeah. <laughs> I take it, take it back. <laughs>
2: no, Anita, I always tell people like you're literally thrown into. Yes, targeting.
1: yes, you are thrown in. It is, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't have to get into the full specifics, but I'll just say that like the moment there's like a health problem, like, you know, before my dad was diagnosed with dementia. He had had like, he had needed to have like life-saving heart surgery like four years before that. And it's just, it's uh, to me, it starts when uh you're somebody's emergency phone call and you're <laughs> the one who has to decide if they're getting the surgery. I think that's when I became a caregiver. Mm-hmm. Like I was on a, I knew my dad was going to have to have surgery, but it wasn't as dire. I'll, I'll just say that I was, Uh, already on my way home on, on a Greyhound bus when I got a call and I actually missed the call because I had a droid. Um, Also (laughs) full disclosure for listeners. Yes. I have a comedy background and what is one of my defense mechanisms is humor. So I apologize ahead of time for any inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think a, a reason I really enjoy, have enjoyed getting to know you Sandrine is Obviously, we both have two different like career backgrounds, but I personally feel as if there's a kindred connection regarding um, positivity. I don't know. That's that's kind of sometimes how I feel when we talk. Um, And I know I'm getting a little bit off off subject, but I am curious because of the work that you do, which is, I would say, probably not easy work. No, <laughs> what is it what is it that you enjoy about your job that's really kept you in it for as long as you have been in it?
2: I think I just love connecting with people and I get to connect with people in such a way that opens my eyes to so many things that just the inspirational stories of you know, knowing that so-and-so did this when they were younger, so-and-so got to do this as they got older. And then all of a sudden their life just got like totally turned upside down because of illness. And then here they are like, what am I going to do? How am I going to figure this out? And just knowing that I have a hand in helping them in some way just to, you know, figure things out, you know, and again, I don't, and I, I know Anita and I have said this, like, We don't promise to have the solutions, but we're just here to just talk about our experiences and bring Mm -hmm. on different people Mm -hmm. who can talk about these things. And these are people that we consider experts in their respective fields. Mm -hmm. And having that comfort level, I think, could just help so many people. And I know that I help so many people. And for me, I love humor. And I won't say like I watch comedy specials or comedy shows and you know sitcoms and things like that. I'm not in so much into that. I mean, I've gone to comedy shows, yes. Um, and Anita is super funny. <laughs> oh boy. Oh <laughs> boy. It's yeah. just something about like I, I think Anita will testify that she's never seen me sad. I'm always smiling. And that's just mm-hmm. me. And and even with my patients, like I'll say I'll say like corny jokes, but they appreciate it. Like they'll say like, oh, your smile just brightened my day. And, you know, and just there's just such a love of this connection, human connection.
1: Yeah. I mean, I again, obviously, no, I don't come from a social worker background, but I do really enjoy meeting people and I love connecting with people. So perhaps that's the, the kindred spirit that I'm thinking of here, which is. I did get the sense from you when we first met that you you're enthusiastic to have new conversations and talk to new people, and you also have like a very uh nice laugh uh, sorry Aww. to be weird I'm thank you <laughs> I'm sorry for complimenting oh, no. you, but no. it's very there's just all these having now met some social workers um even just through stuff that I've had to do through my For my dad and stuff. I imagine it's definitely obvious, you know, like meeting people, but then also having to like leave people during difficult situations, I imagine must be hard. So I think you must have to really be passionate about your work.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the important thing for me is just finding a balance where I'm not like super consumed with work. And believe it or not, I think there's a, I, I, a while ago, I listened to a podcast where I, I can't remember which one it was. Sorry. Um That's okay. Folks. But um it basically said like, you will do so much better in your work life if you do things outside of work that relates to work. So I feel like this podcast kind of, although I'm not working and it's definitely not a job, <laughs> but Anita and I get to like have these amazing conversations with one another. Yes. And obviously we have like a, a wonderful kindred connection that I so appreciate as well. yeah, and us having that opportunity to bring on these amazing people and introduce them to our audience. I think it's it's phenomenal, right?
1: Yeah, and I think speaking for me, I'm not gonna pretend that I uh, nests i have I, obviously nobody has all the answers. Mm. Um, and I can't say that I've like in terms of the podcast that I listen to, Often they are comedy-related, silly podcasts, so I don't necessarily know what the space looks like in terms of perhaps self-help, but I would like to think another thing that feels special about what we're doing together is the idea that, A, you've got somebody who obviously is coming professionally from an experience of working with people, but I also feel like, separately we've each dealt with our own like especially with caregiving um so i think it's nice to bring in your personal experience because sometimes um and i also have no uh i don't remember what podcasts i've listened to but i feel like i've listened to episodes of podcasts relating to various uh health issues and often it's very clinical and it's like mm. experts talking about what you can do versus Sometimes I'm like, well, I want to hear from a person. And that includes people we're going to talk to as well. Yeah. You know, I want to hear from a person that's been through some shit. And yes, I think we can swear. Yeah. We're deciding this as it's happening. But, but I think I, we have to because I swear a lot. I've never heard you swear. So really? Are you really? Sure?
2: Uh, I,
1: I don't know. think so, but I'm excited for, uh, <laughs> at the prospect. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean. I um I started going to uh support groups for people in their 20s and 30s for people who have like loved ones that have dementia, Alzheimer's. And I have been regularly going to these meetings more frequently than anyone else. So I've started to get a big head about it cuz like the facilitator will be like, "Anita, let's hear from you. You know, you've you have a lot of experience blah blah blah." And <laughs> anyway, those moments I'm like A, yes, we need to do this podcast because now (laughs) I'm an expert. And and B, there's something so deeply gratifying because there have been people that come into these meetings that are just starting to understand the depth of their situation in terms of what they're going to have to do to help their loved one. And the fact that I've now been through all of the legal stuff of like, you know, here's how you spend down money and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, explaining some of these things to some of the people on this call who were like, wow, this is really helpful. So I think it feels really good to try and, um, take, you know, life lessons and hopefully, um, help other people. Yes. Uh, on that note, um, I think also very important to mention that we started recording some of our interviews Mm -hmm. over a year ago. Yep. It was a different time. I'm not going to say a simpler time, but it was a time without the pandemic.
2: And we could actually see each other in person versus virtual. (laughs)
1: Exactly. So now we are, that's right. We are virtual. Everything's virtual. And uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) And it sounds like, I mean, on your end, that's been a, that has vastly, would you say, sort of changed your job at all and your role?
2: It's interesting. I feel like now there's so much talk about technology. I mean, there was a point in time at the height of everything, uh, we were doing, we we're still doing visits, but uh, the only visits that we were able to do virtually was uh, over the computer. You know, so we had like our app or whatever, and we we're able to do visits with COVID people specifically over the computer. But then we still had to do non-COVID visits, you know, to our um, patients in in person. And this, I think this is a great segue into this episode because (laughs) then we find out two months in, oh, we're not going to get paid for the, well, not me personally, but uh, the corporation I work for was not going to get paid for the virtual visits because insurance didn't want to cover the virtual visits. They prefer to do uh, coverage for in-person visits as they always had. Mm-hmm. So this was quite the stir and conversation <laughs> for mm-hmm. us. And so we were like, oh my God, we got to go back in the fields. Oh my goodness. Uh, with you know certain parameters. And again, it's not that we weren't going. It's just that we were specific with not going into COVID patients um, home. Well, you know, the the folks that we knew uh, were COVID positive. So anyway, that all changed. And it's been a very interesting transition. And I think now more than ever, we've had to rely so much on technology. Um, As Anita, you were saying, I think um, even the support groups, right? It's like over the phone or yeah. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like all these things now that has switched to a virtual platform, but yet with insurance, it's still quite difficult to navigate. And I know Anita and I had. I hope I can bring this up, Anita, because we talked about this, um, just the other day where you said as of July something Medicare wasn't going to cover virtual. those virtuals. Virtuals
1: mm-hmm. for and my that's dad.
2: So frustrating. So frustrating. I guess
1: it was like especially frustrating because, obviously. Now navigating a pandemic uh, while my dad lives in a, an assisted living facility is difficult because understandably, where he lives is doing everything they can to prevent uh, uh, um, a spread. And fortunately, it hasn't happened. Uh, but yeah, it's very difficult to navigate. Uh, it's been hard just trying to figure out when and what kinds of appointments my, my dad can safely go to And one appointment in particular, uh, they had like set it for a certain date and then I had to change that date. And then that's when I was told like, oh, we were trying to squeeze him in before the, this date, which is, oh, this is the day that virtual visits end. And I just don't know enough to understand, like, I assume it all has to do with money. Cause I'm like, I guess for me, I, I come. It comes from a very naive place of not really knowing how exactly how and why our healthcare system works the way it does. But for me, all I could think was like, "Oh, seniors are at the highest risk." And now, like they basically were like, "Yeah, he can still do a virtual visit, but he'll have to pay out of pocket." And of course, you don't know how much that's going to cost. You're not going to find out till after. So then you just end up with these situations where it's like. Well, guess we're going to hope nobody has COVID when we bring our seniors to to doctor's appointments. So, you know, for when I've been trying to schedule future appointments for him, you know, I'm hearing a lot of the same language, which is like they're now starting to try and space out appointments so there's not, uh, you know, more than X amount of people in the waiting room and blah blah blah. But it's uh, it has definitely been difficult. It's also difficult to navigate with a parent who does have memory issues when you're trying to explain, like, okay, you can go six feet from this person, but, like, also don't go in here and blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, wear the
2: mask. What about the mask? That's a big one that a lot of my caregivers have been complaining about, like, their loved ones forget or...
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, we have trouble getting not sick people to wear masks. What's their excuse? Really, I I truly don't know. I don't know. And I... it's real. I wonder if you feel the same level of like frustration and anger uh, when you do walk by, like young. I mean, okay, I'm thirty. I'm thirty two, so I recognize how silly it sounds, but it's true. Sometimes I see people that I'm like, "You're twenty two or under," and you're just like la di da, walking down the street with your friends, not even the the a whisper of a mask, like not even under the chin, just yeah. no mask, and I'm just like how hard is it? And I just, it's, I try and think like, what, how would I have handled this when I was 22? I would like to believe that I would be just as cognizant. Yeah.
0: I,
2: I mean, think you would have been too. I think so. Okay. So I'm 39. And I think that, uh, you should wear a mask. Um, Absolutely. why people don't, I don't know. It's, it's big, discussion for debates. There's been many debates about this, but even for me uh, as a healthcare professional and driving around and seeing people standing in crowds and mm-hmm. not wearing their mask, I'm just like, are you kidding me?
1: Come on. I just think there's so much, I-, I don't know. I can't think of an equivalent, but it seems like the easiest thing you could do. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Just just to prevent the spread. And so we can keep our numbers.
1: I have also tried to not read the news as much all the time. I get a lot of emails from patch.com, which I do recommend because they do have a lot of local New York news. But, you know, you go to the, the front page of the New York Times and I'm like, all right, this is not helping me want to get up <laughs> <laughs> this morning. <laughs> so I think... Um, I think it's important to also have, uh, things that you do that bring you joy. Yes. Uh, I think for me, I like going on bike rides. I'm learning how to ride a bike at 32. That makes me feel like I have more control of my life. I've been doing volunteer work. What, and what about you? What's been, um, what are some activities you've been doing to keep you feeling sane?
2: Gardening has been amazing. Oh my goodness. I've always gardened, well, not always, but the past three years I've been gardening. But this year I was able to really spend all of my time and energy into my garden. It has been such a great experience and that has definitely kept me sane throughout all this mm-hmm. also i've been also able to do some volunteer work i work with a mutual aid group in the that services the ocean hill brownsville area where we do groceries so we shop and deliver groceries for free for Residents of the area. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought I was working for a second, but yeah, it's not (laughs) work, it's volunteer and it's so fun. And it's just with this group, I've made such incredible friendships and just connections. And it's been awesome. And also, I think it's also helped me to get a little bit more creative or learn more creative stuff because, like, I've gotten the opportunity to work on their social media. So they, Call me the social media and fundraising chair.
1: Ooh, <laughs> know, chair.
2: Like so fancy. I'm like, they call me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's pretty cool to like be able to like take photos. Um, I'm working on a video, and so I feel like I have like this creative like spirit. So that's why when you said let's record.
1: I've been enjoying I've loved following you on social media on Instagram. Um I've loved watching you get things from the garden. Tr- truly it's very nice. I'm like, "Ooh, a garden. I don't think I would I'd be very lazy. I I mean also I don't have a backyard. Even if I did, I don't. I don't know. But yes, I've I've enjoyed your journey. And I too, my volunteer work has been also working with my local mutual aid. Um because personally the only things that really for me in this current, uh, pandemic, uh, world currently is, uh, trying to do things that benefit, like that feel meaningful. Mm. So like volunteer work, getting groceries for people. I'm like, something good came out of this thing that I just did. Somebody has groceries, Mm. learning how to ride a bike. That comes from the fact that I don't have a driver's license and don't know how to drive (laughs) and I'm not taking the subway. So the dream is that I can, you know, ride to like meet friends safely, like halfway in a park. So I'm I'm getting there. But yeah, I think the mutual aid experience and I haven't had it in person, but I imagine it's a wonderful way to really meet people. Plus, you're meeting people that, you know, are most likely not like shitty because they're right. like They're doing volunteer work.
2: Right. They're They're just doing good and just doing all these things to better their community. And mind you, I don't even live in the Brownsville Ocean Hill area. I'm in Queens. Uh, For those who don't know, that's in Brooklyn. Uh, (laughs) But I live in Queens. And it just just so happened I connected with someone who works for um, the group or is part of the group, I should say. And it just kind of led me into this. And I thought, yeah, why not? You know, so it's been pretty awesome. And Anita, also, you've been doing a lot of stuff on the phone. You care to tell our audience some of
1: that? I will say that I, I I don't know. I don't really know what to call it, but you know, know. but, but (laughs) basically I knew at a certain point that I wouldn't be able there. We're also, there's a lot of protests going on, um, uh, you know, regarding black lives matter. And I think it's, you know, I'm so happy to see people going out in the streets and, and, and taking a stand personally. I really, I have to be, I can't really go to any protests right now just because I have to be able to go see my dad. Absolutely. And it's very, and it sucks because I want to be out there, but I recognize that he's at extremely high risk. And so is everyone else in his building. And I've read all of the awful stories about nursing homes that have a COVID outbreak. So I've been Quite cautious. I haven't been going to protest, but I thought, what is something else? What what are other forms of activism? And you know, one is when you see an injustice done that you try and figure out who can I call about this? Who who can I you know like as in you know uh, seeing the ongoing sort of um, really fucked up uh, circumstances surrounding Breonna Taylor's death. I definitely have made a lot of calls to Daniel Cameron, the attorney general and the mayor and sort of, I've sort of been following that train of thought of like, all right, I'm writing some emails to, to reps. I'm, I know who my councilman Brad Landers is in New York. You know, (laughs) I I called him to see if he was going to vote no on um, defunding the police. Uh, And so I've been trying to do more, I I may have just made this up and s- somebody can correct me, but I guess in my head, it's like phone activism. It is. I think so. I agree with you. So that's something that I, uh, I've been doing. Um, and that feels it sometimes it feels like yelling into a void, but on the other mm. hand, I also recognize that that's not the case because I'll call, you know, about various, uh, Injustices and like a voice mailbox will be full, and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, other people are doing this, yep. so yeah, I'm 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 doing that as well. I think you and I seemingly like to be very busy.
2: Yes, and it's it's interesting, you know, we're we're obviously in the height of summer right now, and although you know the reports are the numbers are low, and I think uh many people in my circle are taking necessary precautions but I'm still weary about hanging out with folks especially in group settings and I also feel like it's not even just me my family you know I have my mom Mm -hmm. but also my patients that I work with like I Mm -hmm. would never want to like feel like because I was at this event mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of people who I don't know if they're going to be wearing masks. And right. let's be honest. I mean, I wear my mask and I, but I'm probably going to take it off or put it down my chin, wear it around my chin. Right. Uh, Cause I'm hot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, And it's like, it just takes that. I feel it just takes that one moment. Mm-hmm. And then
1: what if I end up being this silent carrier that they're saying? Of course. Of course. So. I think there's just a deep, And I know we were talking about the young people because I'm like, don't you have at least some older person that you care about? And for me, it's like, that's the weight I'm thinking about is like my dad and all the people that live in his building. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. fact that like he often doesn't remember, like he told me that he was out and he wanted to shake somebody's hand who lived in the building. And she was like, we can't COVID. And I was like... This is a moment where I'm like actually relying on other people mm. to make smart decisions because someone like my dad who does, he's not going to necessarily remember all of the things that we're not supposed to be doing right now is counting on the rest of us. So yeah. I just wish everyone thought like us.
2: I know. Right? Why is the, it so
1: hard? <laughs>
2: why? I don't know. I feel like the world would be a better place. I really do.
1: Can you imagine? Oh my God. <laughs> And on that note, we have our very first guest coming up in the next episode. Comedian Brian Yang will be joining us to share what his experience was like battling COVID-19 and navigating the American healthcare system all at once. Care Talkers is a More Banana production executive produced by me, Anita Flores, and Sandrine Etienne. It's engineered by Jesse Caron and produced by Caitlin Maldenhauer. Thank you to the Reverend John Delore for the music. You can follow me, Anita Flores, on Instagram and Twitter at Anita Jutina. That's A-N-I-T-A-J-E-W-T-I-N-A. And you can follow me, Sandrina Tan, on Instagram at Misguided Notions. Help us get the word out by telling a friend about our show today. Make sure to rate and review Care Talkers and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts.